Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lots of people come to me from time to time and they say this. I witness, but nobody ever comes to the Lord. Why? That's because you're stupid. You know why? Because you don't use tact. You bombard people. It's like going across, you see your neighbor mowing, sweating like crazy. And you go over and go, you know, I've been praying for you a long time. If you don't turn your life over to the Lord, you're going to sweat in hell forever. But God loves you. Would you like to accept the Lord right now? See, that's stupid. Am I right? Nobody likes pushy salespeople, right? I'm sure that there are places you won't even shop because of the aggressiveness of the salesperson. They don't seem to care about what you really want. They only have in mind the stuff they want to sell you. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the right way to approach someone and talk to them about Jesus. You'll hear about the story of Philip and how God did some pretty amazing things through him. You'll learn the importance of the word tact when presenting the gospel, and you'll be reminded that, above all, Christianity is about the human person, not the numbers. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 8 as he continues his message, Under His Influence. Yes, Lord. You see, you have wealth and you have power and possessions, but you're just like this man. You need Jesus. We learn from Paul as he taught Timothy, he was teaching about the illusion of riches and stuff, which sometimes we don't get. If I just get this, then I'll be satisfied. But he told Timothy, no, godliness with contentment brings true satisfaction. And then Paul made this statement, you know, well, Paul said this, we came into the world naked and we're going to leave the world naked. Those of you that you had children, a boy or a girl, maybe you were in this day and age, you can be in the delivery room. You know, when those children came out, that little boy, that little girl, and the back of the little bottom, they didn't have a wallet stuck in. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> they came in what? Naked. How are they going to leave? Same. So see, you can't earn enough to bring satisfaction. Only Jesus does it. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who knew that this man was empty and looking for God? Did Philip know? Philip didn't know. Philip didn't have a clue who this guy is. God knows. One other thing. If you understand this, that's why God's going to send Philip to this man. That's why God sends us to people. So we have to always be saying, yes, Lord, because God knows the doors he's opening are people that are searching 
for him. See, from the outside, we can't tell. But God knows. Next thing you want to write. Yes, Lord, everyone is valuable to God. We're going to begin seeing that God has arranged for Philip to meet how many people? One man. He leaves thousands to meet one man. God uses mass evangelism. He uses one-to-one witnessing. We see the very heart of God. God wants this one man to come to salvation. How do I know that's the heart of God? Because God's heart is this, that none perish. No, not one. So God knew the heart of this man. And the Bible says this. If you seek me with all your heart, God speaking, I will be found. This man was seeking. Philip is going to answer his questions. That's the God you serve today. See, you're important to God. Every single person is important to God. Now, I can't minister to all the people. I know in this body, wouldn't you love to give up today, all of us, and just get a plane load, and we go over to the Philippines, and we go to Indonesia, and we do whatever we could do for the next 10 days. Wouldn't you just love to do that, to try to to save lives? We can't minister to everybody. But I can minister to those that God brings me to. I can do that. And that comes simply by saying, yes, Lord. So Philip's going to understand that God's ways are not our way. He's going to leave thousands of people to see one man converted. In our eyes, foolish. In God's eyes, perfect. Now, notice... And this one's important. You put this next. Yes, Lord, God uses people, people to share the gospel. I want you to think about this. Who is the one that came to Philip and said, go south to the desert? Who came to Philip and told him that? Tell me. An angel came. Now think about this. If you're God, wouldn't you think God could have said to the angel instead of going to Philip? Just Right down there in the Gaza road, appear suddenly to the Ethiopian eunuch, explain to him Jesus Christ, get him saved, I'm going to leave Philip here in Samaria. But no, you have to write this, God uses who? People. God doesn't use angels. Now he will, during the tribulation, he's going to use a flying angel around the world. Because many, many believers are already what? Gone. There's going to be great Jewish believers that come to faith that are going to be witnesses. But today... Once in a while, God might use an angel. His ways are not our ways. I'm not going to put him in a box. Give me a break. By the way, you know God uses many visions and dreams now without any people in Iraq and Iran. Masses of people are coming to Jesus. And they'll have these visions and they'll say, somebody's coming in your town in three weeks and he's going to talk about this. That person is going to talk to you about Jesus. And it's happening all over the world. Well, see, we just can't seem to get some people in there. So God knows how to do it. But normally, God's going to use who to share the gospel? Let me see you raise your hand in church. Just raise your hand in church. That's right. He's going to use you. By the way, how did you become a believer? How many of you had an angel come to you? Good. A few of you. It's good. How many had people then follow up and tell you how to do it? All of us. See, that's why we're here. You're not in the stadium. You're on the playing field. And it's not a game. It's for the souls of men. 
and women. Hmm. Verse 29. Here's the spirit again. He's speaking. Are we listening? And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So here's another opportunity to say, yes, Lord, this is going to be a wild goose ride. Now, I'm going to give you verse 30. This is the Balmer translation. So just hold on. You'll see something as I go through it. Verse 30. And then Philip said, yes, Lord. And he ran up to the chariot and he looked in and he said to the man, wow, you have the new Kindle too from Amazon. Can I see it? And the man said, yes, I've just recently downloaded the Old Testament book of Isaiah for $9.99 on Amazon. What a deal. Now, those of you that are into the new stuff, you just got totally lost by me. A Kindle is a reader that has over 10,000 books you can download for like nine bucks or 10 bucks, way cheaper than you can buy. And you can read it and highlight it and turn it aside. I can do that with my iPhone as well. I use that for a joke. You see, as you see Philip, the Spirit says, go up to the chariot. Well, what's he going to say? Well, Lord, I don't know who this guy is. You got to be kidding me. No, he just says, yes, Lord. And the spirit says, stay near it. Now, I don't know exactly how, but we get a little idea. Look at verse 30, how it really reads, not the Balmer translation. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. How would you and I be? Let me see if I walk real slow, I'm going to miss it. And he's going to go right on by. I tried, Lord. I'm sorry. There was nobody home. No, he ran. Now, we don't know if the chair was going really fast. And so he's really going like crazy. To, we have no idea. Ran to me says one word. He was excited about saying, yes, Lord. Are you? See, good things are going to happen. He has to understand that good things are going to happen. And the result is not up to him. The result is up to God. So he ran to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Notice what Philip does. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. I don't have time this morning. Just write the word T-A-C-T right by that verse. T-A-C-T. Notice Philip doesn't go up and say, Hey, pagan. Can't find God, eh? I'm your man. Just repeat these words. You got it. Next. Lots of people come to me from time to time and they say this. I witness, but nobody ever comes to the Lord. Why? That's because you're stupid. (laughs) You know why? Because you don't use tact. You bombard people. It's like going across, you see your neighbor mowing, sweating like crazy. And you go over and go, you know, I've been praying for you a long time. If you don't turn your life over to the Lord, you're going to sweat in hell forever. But God loves you. Would you like to accept the Lord right now? (laughs) See, that's stupid. Am I right? When Jesus met the woman at the well, she'd been married five times and living with somebody. Notice his first words are not this. Tried it five times, eh? Failure at wedding, huh? Failure, huh? And what's the dude you're living with now? You're a terrible sinner. No, what did he say to her after she said the truth? He said, would you like to change your life starting right now? That's the way Jesus would do it. Be careful you don't put people into some notch on your belt. And after you witness to them, many of them will never come to the Lord. Because they put us all in the same camp. Don't use formulas on people. They're individual. Let the Spirit lead us. 
with T-A-C-T. Well, look at the answer to verse 31. He says, do you understand what you're reading? The man says, how can I? Unless, circle this word, someone, and who is that? That's you and me. Someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. By verse 31, you can just write this. Open door. That's my God never seems to open a door. Would you call this an open door? You run up next to the guy and he says, Hey, would you come up and explain the Bible and Jesus to me? That's an open door. Well, I'm looking for him to really say something so I know to go in or not. That's an open door. By the way, who opened the door? I didn't open the door. I didn't have to find out. What kind of really interesting question can I come up with? No, he just said, do you understand what you're reading? The Spirit had already arranged all of this. Well, you know what happens. The eunuch was reading the passage of Scripture. It's Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before the shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice, of course, speaking about Jesus the whole time. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, hey, is the prophet Isaiah speaking about himself or someone else? Now, I want you to think about this. I talked to my wife a lot about it last night as we were going home from the service. Out of the book of Isaiah, how did he pick chapter 53? There's all kinds of chapters in Isaiah that have no real kind of direction back to Jesus. How did he pick Isaiah 53? The Spirit. Because see, the whole chapter is about the suffering Messiah coming to die for you and me. And so he says, is this about Isaiah's or it's about somebody else? Well, look at verse 35. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him, here we are, the good news about Jesus. Not just Jesus, the good news about Jesus. What is the good news about Jesus? That you can be forgiven. That you can have a relationship with God and go to heaven forever. That's the good news. So Philip began. Now, how did Philip know to do this? Because he knew the word of God. I want to congratulate you. You're in a place that teaches the word of God. Thank you for bringing your Bibles. Thank you for opening your Bibles. Thank you for taking notes. Thank you for your quiet times that you're studying. See, because you're in the Word of God. You're learning the Word of God. Every man should be able to answer somebody. You're learning all these things. Thank you for... uh, If you don't have a good study Bible, by the way, get you a good study Bible. My favorite is the Life Application Study Bible. You can get the NIV Study Bible. There's a brand new ESV Study Bible that came up. Amazing things. Be a studier of the Word of God. Get you into a small group. We have a 101 class. A 102 class, a 201 class, we're going to have a 301 class, a 401 class, a 501 class, a 601 class. We're going to have something for everybody as we go through. Now, why are we doing all of that stuff? So you'll learn the Word of God. And you are learning the Word of God. Congratulations this morning. It's changing your life. And then you can explain to people that it changes their lives as well. Well, verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. 
Why shouldn't I be baptized? Now, obviously, Philip had to share something about water baptism. It's an important sign, an outward sign of an inward change. And so he must have done that. In some of your translations, you don't have verse 37, but it fits in perfectly. And Philip said, well, I'll baptize you if you believe with all your heart. I'll do it. And, and the man answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Why would Philip use those words? Many of you have come down and walked to the altar, Billy Graham Crusade, somewhere, some church. You've gone to a prayer room. You've signed a card. You've asked Jesus Christ in your heart. You went and got water baptized. And that's it. There's never really been a change to your life. You're going to be very surprised at the end of your life. You see, there needs to be fruits of repentance. There needs to be a changed lifestyle. It's not a religious deal. Many of you as children were baptized. That's one of the reasons we don't baptize. We just dedicate. You see, a form can't save you. Coming to this altar can't save you. Notice, it has to be in your where? In your heart. It has to be real. You have to say, yes, Lord. This eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the very son of God. Many of the cults don't believe that. This man did. Now, verse 38, and he gave orders to stop the chariot. And of course, there's this whole entourage of people with him. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him there. The eunuch has to say yes to God. He says, yes to God, I want my sins forgiven. Yes, I want to be baptized. He's doing it right. Now, I want you to think about this because sometimes we think Christianity is this secret thing that we belong to. Picture this, picture this caravan with people. And, and the, the, the boss of the caravan is inside. And they, these people, there may be 15 or 20. It could be 100 people. We don't know how many. They see this Philip run up and get in. And they're going, what, what's happening with that? And pretty soon, stop the caravan. And the next thing we see is this Ethiopian eunuch. Probably took most of his rich outer garbs up. You know, in his DVDs or something. He's in something kind of right here is whatever. Simple, easy. And they go down into some water, he and Philip, and they come out soaking wet. Now, can you imagine what these guys are, th- are thinking? In that water? What are they doing? Understand, this man was not ashamed to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't ever be ashamed of being a follower of Jesus Christ. In front of all of these people, none of them knew God. He said, I'm a follower of God now. That is a bold follower of Jesus Christ. By the way, you think that will open any conversations on the way back to Ethiopia? Many conversations. What really took place? You're empty? So was I. Here's the answer. It's Jesus Christ. Well, look at verse 39. Here's where it gets exciting. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, and the key word here is suddenly, took Philip away. He's on an e-ride from Disney. He's, he's gone immediately. And the eunuch did not see him again. Read this last part with me, the last word. But the eunuch went on his way, what? Tell me. Rejoicing. We start with a confused, empty man who doesn't know how to find God. 
We end with a man who found God through Jesus Christ. And he leaves rejoicing. That's what the gospel is all about. Coming to people who don't have answers. Meeting personally Jesus and leaving with answers. But not only that, leaving with joy. How did that happen? Because Philip said, yes, Lord. Not once, but many times. Philip's job's done. What's the spirit do? Notice where they were. They're on this road to Gaza. Where's the next thing all of a sudden that we see him? Well, you can see the verse. Let me read it to you. Verse 40. Look at it. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So what happens? Here they're somewhere on the road to Gaza and the spirit takes Philip and places him down many miles away. Now you talk about a wild goose ride. Amazing God. And he gets there and he makes his way all the way back to Caesarea. The man's going to go to Gaza, down to Ethiopia, and he's going to start evangelizing that country, one man. But 20 years after this event took place, in Acts chapter 21, we find Philip still saying, Yes, Lord. He has a family, he has four daughters, they're speaking as prophetesses, they're under the influence. And do you know who comes to dinner in Philip's house 20 years later? The Apostle Paul. Amazing. But see, you don't have to write this down, but I want you to understand before you leave this morning. Under his influence means I'm going to say yes, Lord, because his plan for me is better than any other plan. It means that's going to introduce me to a wild goose lifestyle. I never know what's going to happen. No, it's not like totally weird, but it's very exciting because the spirit has a plan for me and you. And next, that brings me fulfillment. Do you think that Philip was fulfilled after that? Do you think he said, well, God, I really would have been better back in Samaria. I don't think so. And then, of course, the thing that we need is joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Look at your life. Is it a wild goose chase? What has God been asking you to do? Yes, Lord, is the only reasonable answer. I want you to practice this week doing two things. Listening to God. He's speaking. Listening. And then when you hear him, just simply say, yes, Lord. I'm serious about this. I don't do this to give you a nice sermon, Pastor Mark. I'm not into that, Jess. I do this because God has been speaking to every one of you. Can you imagine if 8,000 of us left this building this week and everything God asked us to do, we said, yes, Lord. Woo! There'd be joy in Mudville. Wouldn't there be? In Brevard County, there'd be joy. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching that living your life by going through a religious routine is not a replacement for a relationship with Jesus. You also learned that God doesn't intend for you to stop with just salvation. He has a whole interesting life mapped out for you. and He wants you to step up, dive in, and experience all that he has for you. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings Pastor Mark's teaching under his influence, Yes, Lord, to a close. Next time, he'll begin a brand new message called Under His Influence, Really. You'll learn about the difference between a life authentically lived under the command of the Holy Spirit and one who isn't. You'll learn the importance of being sure that you're surrendered to the authority and power of God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.